Hallelujah. Church, say amen. Church, say amen again. <clears throat> Father, we thank you. We praise you. We exalt you for the lordship of Jesus Christ, and truly he is Lord. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your long-suffering, your patience. Forgive us of our sins. Sanctify us. Move the preacher out of the way. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. And, oh, God, stop us from being crippled in our faith. Strengthen us where we're weak. Build us up where we're torn down. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, say amen. Church, say amen again. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Truly, God is an awesome God. This morning we'll be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 to begin with. 1A, 1 Thessalonians, book written by the Apostle Paul in chapter 1 and verse 3A. When you get it, say amen. We give thanks, that's verse 3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Your work of faith. A faith that works. And appropriating faith. It's my subtitle this week. Last week it was an accompanying faith. This is an appropriating faith faith. Success into any new venture demands three diligent attitudes, an acceptance of what you have entered into, understanding all of the pros and cons, and adaptability making inner changes within yourself to fit your new environment. And last, an attitude of adjustment of your energies and expectations, which enables one to be enriched. This principle applies to all facets of life your vocation, your marriage, your ministry, uh, your maturity, this ability to accept, adapt, and adjust is what strong people use so that they do not become frustrated in their ventures. Too often, people are not willing to accept where they are, whom, whom they are. And we refuse to adapt and we fail to adjust. All of my life, 
I have been taught a principle to keep it moving. And <clears throat> my seven years in the military and my 17 years working the federal government, um, whenever I got stationed to a new base, I had to accept my orders because I was government property. I belonged to the United States government, meaning I had no say-so. And then once I got to the various bases, I had to adapt to the way they did business. And then I had to make adjustments within myself to keep my peace of mind. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you go to a new job, Greg, you've got to accept the position. you got to adapt to the position, and you got to make adjustments in order to carry that position out. Too often, we, we, we live, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying for some of this generation. This generation, they're wiser but weaker. Oh, yeah, they know more than you knew at this age. But they're not as strong in their constitution. They are microwavable in their relationships. We warm it up and take it out. Immediate gratification. Yeah. The whole social media is predicated on a thought of self-centeredness, self-satisfaction. Listen to pastor. And one of the things that we got to be careful with is that everything is that automated at our fingertips, right? Um, my marriage is not working, so let me Google <laughs> some answers. You don't want to work. Let me Google. Let me email. Let me text. Let me get on Twitter. Let me, yeah. Let me get on Facebook and tell everybody I'm having a bad day like we can. Give me a break. And, 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 and what begins to happen with these quick, instantaneous, automated attitudes is that we fail to recognize the positive premium of working out things. Y'all can get quiet now. So if the marriage is not working, let me call UPS for a new part. <laughs> It'll be here in two days. Every, everything is microwavable. And, and, and the problem is that a lot of us become addicted to these instruments. I, I just refuse, I have people in the church say, you know, I texted you early this morning. I didn't get it, baby. I don't wake up and grab my phone and see who, I, I, I don't fool with that. I don't fool with it. I don't fool with it. Listen, I'm going to talk to Jesus before I check, before I check some person that's really not a priority to figure out what they, I'm, I'm not getting, and, and I have an addictive personality. I, I refuse to let this social media and all this instantaneous stuff affect 
my priority of Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And, 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 and most of us have held our cell phones so long that our whole handprint I'm going to lean on it, Doc. You know. I, I don't know how to cook, so let me Google. Broccoli, chicken, you know, every, every, everything is at, every, everything is right here. And I'm going to tell you what that is called in the Bible. That's called slavery. That's called idol worship. We need to be very careful not to allow things to control us, but that we control things. Are y'all getting past this drift? So, so, so throughout life, I, I was saying this morning, I left a base in 1969 in Georgia that had like 40, 50,000 troops, and I, I was stationed overseas on a remote site 30 clicks outside of Naples, top secret radar site with 125 troops with M16s. And it was, it was just a top secret, you know, place. And so I had to, when I got to, when I, when I flew in, I had to immediately start making adjustments. I had to adapt to this. And, 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 and e e even in marriage, Amen. And my lovely wife is sitting right here. I, we, we, we have had to, help me, Lord, accept certain things about each other that I may not have feel comfortable with accepting. Uh, uh, Y'all getting quiet. So you sitting out there saying, well, why are you married? I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, trying to, you know I, 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 I may have, let me clean this up. I may have. I had to accept certain things. And then once we got married, uh-oh, I had to start adapting to make this stuff fit and then make adjustments along the way. Are y'all getting this? It's, it's, it's a principle of life. There are no perfect people. There's no perfections. There's nothing you're going to get that's going to totally overwhelm and make you happy. You got to work it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to work it. And if you don't work it, it will work you. It, it will work you. Are y'all getting this picture? Well, faith is just that way. Faith needs the acceptance to know that what God calls faith is a, pistis is the Greek word for faith, it is a personal persuasion and conviction in invisible things without evidence of seeing. So we have to accept that when we walk by faith, we're not going to see it, test it, and feel it. We've got to walk as if without seeing, without feeling, without touching, come on now, without smelling, without hearing, we've got to take God at his word. I'm preaching up in this place now. That, that, that's the acceptance. And then the adaptability comes in that God in his infinite wisdom is going to allow your faith to be tested in a, listen, a plethora 
of areas. So I got to adapt every time God, God will test the marriage here. God will test the money here. God will test you through the children here. God will test you through your health here. God will test you through death. God will test you through your work. And in and, 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 and all of these areas, I got to adapt. Because when Joseph was thrown in that ditch, sold into Egypt, he didn't pout. He accepted that a sovereign God allowed it. He adapted to Egypt. Can I get a witness? He made adjustments in his faith in the midst of confusion. And the Bible says, and the Lord was with him. This is part of growing up. Immature people live by their feelings. Mature people live by their function. Do I have a witness up in the house? It's here in this context of 1 Thessalonians that the background historical context is Acts chapter 17. You don't need to turn, but Acts chapter 17 is when Paul founded this church at Thessalonica we call Athens where in, in Acts 17, a major commercial center had a Jewish synagogue and Paul began to preach and his style of preaching was to explain scripture, to prove scripture and to reason, which means to argue scripture. And, and it comes from this Greek word dialekomai, which means to dialogue, to, to, to go back and forth, ask questions, get answers, to, to, to give, to take. And, and Mars Hill was this Areopagus where Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, uh, Epicurus, Zenos, 10,000 people had disputed truth there. Paul comes walking up. They had 30,000 gods. Paul comes up and begins to preach Christ and him crucified and immediately was driven into conflict. Now let me stop starting part. That is when you preach truth, expect conflict. Stop thinking that everybody is going to embrace what you believe. Can I get a witness? I, I was uh, at a bookstore, I said this morning, and I went up to the religious section. It was a Barnes and Noble in another city. And these two ladies were in the area looking at books. And one lady said to another, are you a believer? And the other lady said, I'm Catholic, but I do believe in a higher power. I said, now, what in the world is a higher power? What is, a, what, is, what is a higher power? You ain't going to heaven on a higher power. There's only one name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus. Lord, have mercy. See, Jesus said in John 14, let not your hearts be agitated. Don't, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Equality. In my Father's house are many, and I love the King James Version, mansions. I don't like all the other translations y'all bring to church because they say rooms and apartments. And I don't want to think I went through all this hell to get into an apartment. I, 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 I don't, I don't want to believe that. I'm, 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 waiting on a, I'm waiting on a mansion. 
Thank you, Jesus, for my mansion. Praise the name of Jesus. I see nice carpet. I see glass, smoke glass tables. I see. That's my apartment. That's my mansion. Yeah. But here in this church at Thessalonica, Paul, through this appropriating faith, what is an appropriation? It's when something has been laid aside, deposited for you to draw from. And Jesus, through the Apostle Paul, is going to give us a five, um, five areas of appropriating faith that I think we need to be challenged by and with if we are to live a life pleasing to God. Yeah. That is, first, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we see a faith of much assurance, 3 to 5. Chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. Are you with me? Open your Bibles. Come on now. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor, love, patience of hope, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Look at verse 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in what? Much assurance. That is, we have to display through acceptance, adaptability, listen, and adjustment, we have to, listen, display an enablement of faith. In other words, beyond negative circumstances, we got to act like God's got my back. We got to believe that he that have begun a good work is, will continue to do it. It's not based on your feelings. I don't always feel great. I don't always feel sufficient. I don't always feel secure. Can I get a witness? This ain't about feelings, it's about faith. Faith is you can't see it, but it's there. Come on now. There's no evidence, but you got assurance that God said it. That ends it, I believe it. It's beyond us, isn't that right? And all believers' assurance begins with the, listen, the confidence in the character of God. He said it. I didn't say it. He's going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. It's provisions, even in problematic situations. I, I like what uh, Dr. Um, um, Robert used to say, uh, risking the entire situation on God. Now listen to this definition. Lord, by faith, I'm going to risk the entire situation on you. The Bible calls that faith. There's nothing you and I can do about it. It's beyond us. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and this, this much assurance is depicted in two stories. One, you don't need to turn, just write the scripture down. Luke 5, verse 17 to 20, and then verse 25. Luke 5, 17 to 20 and 25. Uh, and and it, it's a carrying four friends who had 
amen, an appropriation of faith. Listen, they had a friend that was paralyzed and needed healing. They put their friend on the cot and they carried him towards Jesus. Now let me stop, pause, and part. There are people in your family, people in your life that will never come to church. There are people that, amen, are just dead. You've got to carry them into the presence of Jesus. I always tell folk, when you can't talk to the person about Jesus, talk to Jesus about the person. Can I get a witness? And these four guys, listen, they accepted that they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd. So they made the, adapt, the adaptability of tearing the roof off. They went up on the roof and tore the roof off. Now that's kind of, that's kind of, whoo, that's kind of exaggerated, isn't it? That's what faith would do. Faith would make you do crazy things. They start tearing the roof off and then they made the adjustment of lowering the man from the ceiling right into the presence of Jesus. What a faith. A faith of much assurance caused them to carry. Lowering down in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw, the Bible says, and Jesus saw, listen to this, their faith. The man on the cot gave no evidence of faith. But the four friends, he saw their faith. Now, here's a principle. And he rewarded the man who had no faith with a healing because of the faith of the men that were carrying him. Somebody's going to get blessed by you and you and you because you have the faith to carry them into the presence of Jesus. Every morning you get up, you're on your knees for them. Every afternoon you're calling their name out. Can I get a witness? And if you can get beyond your children and your husband and your wife and start praying for folk, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. So, some of us, we can only pray for me, myself, and I. I dare you to invest somebody else in your prayer life. I dare you to carry somebody else in the presence of Jesus. This is an enablement. I got a phone, I got a phone call yesterday morning. And the phone call said, there's two guys in Southfield you grew up with. They're in the hospital dying of cancer. Now, one of the guys, we, we grew up, like, we grew up, went to school, went to movies, and, and you know, he, he got strung out on drugs. And then, uh, now, if the Lord spares my life, I'm going to Pennsylvania Hospital tomorrow morning. All right. And what I want to do is just get into the room, yeah. knowing they're dying, and say, listen, here's your last-ditch effort. I'm bringing Christ to you. Do I have a witness? Child of God, because, no, they're not my kids. No, they're not my family. But child of God, see, God didn't give us all this power to just push it down and give it to particular people. 
do I have a witness? They carry this man into the presence of God. The second story is in Mark chapter 5, don't turn, where it wasn't a carrying, it was a contact. Jesus is going to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. And along the way, turn to your neighbor and say, along the way. The along the way is no accident. Stuff that's happening in your life along the way, God's got something to do with it. And along the way comes this woman that had an issue of blood. She was depressed because she wasted all of her money on physicians that didn't help. And here's that crowd again. She couldn't get to Jesus, so she started talking to herself. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Well, where did she get that much assurance? Yeah. Uh, Paul is talking about a faith of much assurance. And, and one of the problems we have today is that we don't choose to go through this cycle of acceptance, adaptability, and adjustment. And we're struggling all over the place. My way or the highway, my rules or no rules. And everything in life requires us, even the faith industry requires us to accept the things we cannot change. Are y'all getting this? Just, just accept that you are where God would have you to be. You, you are with whom God would have you to be with. And you know, amen to that. You are, you are in the state of mind, whatever. I, I just need to accept certain things. In life. It doesn't mean I like them all. It doesn't mean I want them all. I, I just got to accept it. And then I got to make some adaptable changes. The world does not rotate around you. Do I have a witness? Life is give and take, ebbs and flows, ups and downs. Can I get good and evil? Can I get a witness? And then, and then, and then the adjustment is so that I can live in peace where where God has placed me. I'm preaching to somebody up in here now. You want, you, you want everything and everybody to change for you. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. It's not happening. As good as I am, my husband, Sister Gordon, I had to. I had to. That's good preaching, isn't it? I, I had to. I had to be willing to accept things. Adapt to things and make adjustments. Are y'all getting this? Mm. Look at the second thing, Paul. <laughs> Look at the second thing Paul alludes to. Uh, we we only we 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 see a faith in the midst of much affliction. Look at chapter one and verse six. 
and enduring faith. Look, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in what? We received the word in much affliction, but with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Now, 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 when you see these two merge, it's deep. We're being plastered by affliction, but God sends joy. And, 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 and listen, what Paul gives as a dialogue on these afflictions. Afflictions in a believer will motivate us to reach out to God in faith. Now you, you can be as laid back and cool as you want, but when them troubles increase, you will learn how to pray. And you're not going to give that superficial traditional prayer. You don't even have time to say, uh, 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 oh, Lord, Father of the universe. You, uh, you, you get all cute in your praying. Oh, the great Melechion and the great Magnificent, and the, you're trying to alliterate prayer. When you get in trouble, you say, Lord, help me. Do I have a witness? Huh? You ain't trying to be cute. You're trying to call. And they that call upon the name of the Lord. You, you, you start calling in urgency. Can I get a witness? Lord, I said this yesterday. Nothing changed, so I'm going to say it again. Can you hear me? I, I need help right now. In the name of Jesus. I don't need to call on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I, I don't need to pull up the books of Lamentations and Jeremiah and Psalms. I just need you to help. I'm in trouble. Help me now. That's good praying. Huh? Isn't that good praying? That's praying, Doc. Something's going to happen. And when you pray like that, you don't move to something does happen. You keep on praying. You pray without ceasing. You pray with thanksgiving. You pray when singing. You pray when shouting. You pray while driving. You pray while you pray while cooking. You keep on praying. Look at look look at chapter three, verse two. Come on, we gotta move. Chapter three, verse two. And sent, I sent Timothy, your brother, and minister of God, fellow slaver in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning what? See, see, see listen, I, I said this morning, the job of the church is not bingo, bus trips to the casinos. It's not to keep throwing all fellowships in the FLC gym so you can eat potato chips and drink Kool-Aid. That, that ain't the job. The job of the church is to exalt Christ. He's the head with a body. Do I have a witness? The job of the church, listen, the job of the church is to make disciples for Jesus. The job of the church is to help each other grow in our faith. Can I get a witness? This is a faith venture to, so that circumstances and troubles don't pull you apart. When your faith is intact, nothing can pull you apart. When your faith is intact, in, 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 in Satan can't pull you apart. When your faith is intact, no weapon 
that's, that formed against you shall prosper. The reason we melt and go down is because our faith is not enduring the onslaught of the enemy. I'm preaching up in this place. No matter what comes or goes, my God is an awesome God. God said it, therefore I believe it. That ends it. He said he would not never leave me nor forsake me. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my high tower. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Look at chapter 3, verse 3. Come on now, come on now. That no man should be what? Moved by these afflictions. Why, Paul? Because you were appointed to them. Uh-oh. I, I, I don't know why Christians think they ought not come under attack. What planet do you come from? Jesus already told you, if they called me Beelzebub, what are they going to call you? We were appointed to these afflictions. Appointed. 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 If I stand in this pulpit and preach the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm going to take a whole bunch of people off. That's right. That's right. Don't expect people to embrace you when you're dealing in truth. It won't happen. It won't happen. Well, I think that's a little judgmental. Well, wait, what does the Bible say? I mean, uh, we don't want your stinking opinion. What does the Bible say? What, what does the Bible say about this subject? Can I get a witness? Shall I please man or God? Am I a politician? Am I trying to make everybody feel comfortable? Do I, do I feed into every uh, possible mentality as a preacher? And, and yeah, well, we know, no. John the Baptist got his head cut off because he said, listen, Philip, you cannot have your brother's wife. Uh, come on, am I right? Come on now. And then, they, you know, they threw a party and had, his, had her daughter seductively dancing. And then he lost it and said, you know what? Over that dance and over these drinks, I'll give you anything. <laughs> Mommy, what should I ask for? Ask for John the Baptist's head. That's what happened. Because he preached truth. He was attacked. He was beheaded. But what Herod didn't understand and what the disciples of John the Baptist didn't understand and what the disciples of Jesus didn't understand is that the moment John the Baptist was losing his life because according to Isaiah, he was the red carpet to introduce Jesus. The moment, see, Jesus couldn't rightfully begin his venture until John the Baptist died. That's why John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must, I'm preaching up in this place, increase. 
Can I get a witness? And, 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 and John got discouraged while waiting to get his head taken off. And John said, go tell the Messiah, are thou the one or should we look for another? Because John was losing confidence. And Jesus said, go back and tell John, Lord have mercy, that among men there's none greater than John the baptizer. Can I get a witness? And, and child of God, when you're in this thing called ministry, you can't please everybody and make everybody feel comfortable and, and agree with everybody's uh, thought patterns. I can't sit up here and agree with CNN and MSNBC and all these groups. No, 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 no. I'm preaching the Word of God. And, 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 and the Word of God's going to get rare in days to come. I, I was saying this morning, I, it's controversial again. Me and Sister Gordon's waiting to play tennis and buy these tennis courts and all these old ladies is out there playing doubles. They were old. I know old folk when I say they were old. So they were playing. We were just sitting there waiting, smiling. So one lady said, you, you, you better not hit that ball like that again or I'm, I'm not going to sleep with you tonight. So you know me, I said, I won't tuck you in and sing a song. I said, now look at this. Yeah, you need to cry. Old as dust, varicose veins all over the place, messed all up. And they talking about sleeping with each other. Damn. What kind of mess is this, Doc? And you, and you as a preacher better not touch that. No, we touch it. We touch it. Something's wrong with society. Are y'all getting this? Hmm. Anyway, mind my business. Look at verse 3. He moved, shouldn't be moved by these afflictions. We were appointed as sheep for the slaughter. Look at verse 4 and 5. For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should what? Suffer tribulation. Even as it came to pass, and ye know, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent Timothy to know your faith. These afflictions. We got to have an enduring faith, even in the midst of much and many afflictions, to stand fast in the Lord. Look at verse 7. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all of our affliction and distressed by your what? Faith, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. You, you know, when you look at Hebrews chapter 11, and we will, during this series, take a look at it. It, it gives definition then demonstration. First three verses, for by faith, uh, it, it, it says faith is something, so forth, everything I see. For by faith, the elders, you know, received a good report. 
Yeah. And the demonstrations from verse 4 to 40 of everyone who had to live by faith. Can you imagine Daniel in the lion's den? Now, now look, because Daniel prayed three times a day facing Jerusalem, there were instigators that put an edict up, you are not to pray. And he prayed anyway. So what did they do? They starved lions for days. They took Daniel and put him in the lion's den. Not lion. You know, I grew up on Hercules. Steve Reed. He would fight a lion and kill it. No, 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 no. Lions. Here's Daniel in the lion's den. He accepted that his life was in God's hand. He adapted to the situation. He kept on praying. He made adjustments within himself. So God let the lions go around the cage the den and they looked in the lion's den and said they didn't touch Daniel hmm interesting because of his commitment of faith and prayer God sent an angel who gave the lions lockjaw they couldn't bite Daniel if they wanted to can I get a witness but child of God see what this means to us is that it does not mean that God would never let you be in a place of conflict. God, it, it doesn't mean that God would not allow you to be exposed to things that might hurt you. But God has promised, Lord have mercy, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you, I'm for you, and if God be for you, who can be against you? I love that scripture. In other words, I'm the baddest of bads. I'm, I'm the one that controls everything. If I tell you it's all right, who can dare speak against me? If I've got all power in my hand, who can raise up power against my power? Can I get a witness? Child of God, that is not just an enabling faith. It is an enduring faith. And we're going to have to endure some stuff, man. Do I have a witness? Third, we see a faith over much abroad. Go back to chapter 1, verse 8. This is an extension of faith. Come on now. 1, 8, 1, 8, 1, 8. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith to God's word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. Very, very interesting that when you look at this faith that is much abroad. I love this. I love this. This is a faith which is carried across various thresholds. And the more we are committed to giving out the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of comfort, the healing, we, we must, a, 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 amen, entreat great warfare. See, Satan does not want you to become a vehicle of victory. Amen. No accidents, appointments. God determines the extent of our faith. Listen to this. We ought to have a burning desire to share Christ beyond our close family and friends. And, and the church needs to be challenged here. You, you, go, you go to a store, you go to a Wawa, you go to a gas station. God may have orchestrated your presence there. 
You can keep tracks with you. You can say something. Amen. About Jesus the Christ. You don't have to be confrontation. You don't have to be an evangelist. You, you don't have to be called to preach. All you got to do is, amen, let your light so shine. I talk to a lot of young people. Now, when I say young, 20s, 30s, some in the 40s. And I realize that God allowed me to go through stuff so that others could benefit. In fact, let's do this little equation. Identify every problem in your life as God ordained to use you in the future of helping someone else. Paul said in Philippians 1.12, the things, plural, that happened to me have fallen out to the presence of the gospel. So somebody comes up to me and, you know, have you ever had problems in your marriage? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, not a, that's, not, that's not a strike at my wife. That's just being honest. Have you ever had problems with uh, sanctification? You better believe it. And I'm still struggling because I'm being honest. Are y'all getting this? Have you ever had problems with your kids? Yeah, still having them. I had this philosophy about raising kids. From ages 1 to 12, you're the caretaker. You take care of all their needs. You buy all their stuff. You really control them. 1 to 12, caretaker. 13 to 17, coach. You know what a coach does. Coach gets the, the game plan ready here. All right, you play. And when they don't do right, you sit them down, you bench them, you did a coach. And then, you know, after they get out of college, you're a counselor. You only counsel them when they ask you to counsel. That, that one's not easy. Well, I, I think, Dad, I got this. Y'all, you, come on, you heard this. I got this. It's my life. You raised me already. Let me make my own decision. I just go like this. Eh. <laughs> why are you looking at your watch? It's only a matter of time for you falling your behind. That's why. <laughs> but you didn't want anybody at 25 telling you what to do. Are, are y'all praying with me? You, you didn't want anybody being a caretaker and a coach when you're 30. So this counseling thing is not as easy as it seems. Unless you say, take my advice or don't come back for no money. Like that commercial with that guy, he comes home from college, and they say, look at our new kitchen, look, 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 look. And the, and the guy says, oh, it's great, great. Where's my room? Well, we had to use a little bit of room. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. 
I got two children. I call and I text. They come right back. Dad, everything's okay. I got one. I call and text for days. <laughs> what you going to do? And when, and when that one comes back, I need some money. And, and listen, I'm not down this generation. See, you have to understand something. I broke my neck getting out at 17. My parents had too many rules. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? There's too many rules, though. Don't come through my door past 12. Don't you open my refrigerator at night trying to cook. Don't you, remember all that? Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. Don't make a lot of noise when you come in. Come on now. Don't bring that cigarette smell up in my house or that other smell that some of y'all bought in. Watch, watch church folk that eat a lot of gumdrops. They hiding something. Every five minutes, they pop in a couple. All right, leave, leave that alone. Here we go. See, Jesus, on this extended faith, <laughs> Je Jesus, 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 mm. he accepted God's will. He said, I, John 4, must need go through Samaria. There's a woman that has been elected by God to be saved. The problem is she's Samaritan. And Samaritan Jews don't get along. So, so my adaptability to the problem is I need to send these disciples, who's half crazy, into the city to buy meat because they'll blow my witness. And then the adjustment was he changed the woman's theology. She said, are you greater than our father Jacob? Who are you to tell me about these mountains and this well? He said, woman, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water. Can I get a witness? And she said, come see a man that told me all that I ever did. And all that she ever did was enough. She had five husbands working on a sixth one. Can I get a witness? It's all right. So somebody is in heaven who had more than five husbands. Amen. Leave that one alone. In an extension of faith. Look at the fourth scenario right here. Turn to chapter 2, 17, 18 in 1 Thessalonians 2, 17, 18. We see a faith over many attacks and a power, an empowered faith. Multiple attacks. Multiple attacks are not the norm or the order of the day, but a multifaceted attack is possible. Look at chapter 2, 17, 18. Paul said, look. But we, brethren, taking, uh, uh, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but here it is, Satan did what? He hindered us. 
Don't you ever believe Satan can't hinder what you're doing. And the word hindered means to take a bridge out. We was marching to come to you and Satan ingeniously took a bridge out. We couldn't get to you. When, when, listen, there are times when you have good intentions, they'll never get fulfilled. Satan will take the bridge out before you can fulfill it. And you can't give up, start crying and pouting. You, you've got to have this empowered faith. Lord, have mercy. You cannot be overwhelmed by his attacks. That's why, amen, Psalm 61, the psalmist said, When my heart becomes overwhelmed, and it will, you're going to get tired of believing, tired of behaving, tired of walking right, tired of praying, tired of this, tired of, when I'm overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. And the sister that psalm is Psalm 62, for my expectation is from the Lord. You better know that all of your expectation is from him. Job was in a multifaceted attack. Paul was in a multifaceted attack. That means he's being attacked from every angle. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we are troubled on every side. We can't turn nowhere. Satan's all over us. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are cast down, but not destroyed. That's a mature faith. Never giving up. Never succumbing to the attack of the enemy. Never pouting and feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, yet, yet when you have this empowerment of faith, amen, when one door is closed, you pray and another one opens up. Can I get a witness? When one thing is stopped, you pray that another thing starts. Can I get a witness? For I know, for we know that all things are being worked together for the good. Lord, now what? Lord, now what would you have me to do? Now where would you have me to go? Now what would you have me to say? Now what am I to feel? Lord, have mercy. I need to hear from the most high God. A faith of many attacks. See, here's what happens in church, in all churches. People want the church and the pastor to cater to them. Amen. That ain't even my personality. You forget that. Well, I'm taking my ball and I'm leaving. We'll be praying for you. First of all, God didn't send you out. You took yourself out. Yeah. And if the truth were told, in the name of Jesus, God knows the real story. Can I get a witness? And you keep thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. One old preacher said the grass ain't greener. The grass is brown with a green light. And when the bulb burn out, you're going to see what color the grass really is. Can I get a witness? Oh, I'm preaching up in this place, Doc. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect pastor. There is no perfect people. If you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll ruin it. 
Can I get a witness? Fact of the matter is, our priority here at St. Matthew's is not trick, but truth. Our priority is not just fellowship and having fun, but the word. Our priority is for you to grow in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ so you can live a stable life, so you can have joy in the midst of trouble, so you can know that you know that you know that he's able. That's what we're trying to do inside of you, child of God. We're trying to put Christ in the right place. We're trying to put the power of Christ in your heart and in your mind and in your soul so when the hellhounds rise up, you can be still and know that he is God. Look at the final thing here. We see a faith with a multiplied affliction. Go back to chapter 3, verse 1. We no longer forbear. We thought it good to be left at Athens alone. I want you to see this, an enriched faith. Paul at Philippi, Acts chapter 16, don't turn. God changed his course. Him and Silas are moving, listen, one direction. And the man in the vision says, come over and help us. A man of Macedonia. And Paul told Silas, let's go. This is the Lord. God was leading Paul into conflict. Because when Paul and Silas got there, this girl of divination. Now, now, now divination is, you know, a, a, a girl that can communicate with the spirits. Yeah. Uh -huh. Necromancy. Astrology. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh uh, seances. Yeah, we got folk like that in church. Yeah, yes, 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 we do. Hey, you know, folk like that in church. Well, honey, come on around Friday night. We're going to have a little get-together. I'm going to cook some food and, and come on around. And the first thing, you get around there, you start fellowship. Yeah, then you start talking about the pastor, talking about the church. And then you hold hands like candles. You're trying to call back the day. <laughs> and, you know, they tried that stuff back in 1 Samuel. And God scared the daylights out of them, didn't he? <laughs> Sam, Samuel got up and said, why you keep bothering me, boy? I'm, I was resting. I was asleep. And if y'all get in the circle, start holding hands, trying to call back the, bed, the dead, I hope the dead come back. I hope they scare the daylights out of you. Can I get a witness? Because it's not the dead ones you got to worry about. It's the live ones you got to worry about. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching up in this place. I'm scared of the dark. Your whole life was dark. What you scared of the dark for? Can I get a witness? He, he has brought us out of darkness and translated us to his marvelous light. Uh, do I have a witness? It, it's amazing, Bruce, when we get saved, we get scared. Isn't that something? And all the time, we were, I, I like to come to court, but I, I'm scared to drive at night. You used to drive drunk at night. You, now, now you scared to drive at night? Are you kidding me? You, you, was, you was going off beyond the lines and messing up, smoking that wacky weed and, and all that stuff, sniffing that stuff. And, 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 yeah, in fact, some of y'all was driving, didn't know what city you was in. Can I get a witness? And the fact of the matter is, now you say, 
you, you, you scared to take God at his word. I'm preaching up in this place, though. I know the deal because I was out there with you. I was out there with you. I was stationed in D.C. in 73, 74. I, I, I got out in 74, 73. We went to a house party, and I was so messed up, Bruce. This ain't no lie. They said, Gordon, you coming downtown? I said, I'll be down there later. I got to the, I was driving, and the guys was on the steps saying, Gordon, the party's here. And I kept going around the block, and around the block, and around the block. And around. They said, this boy's crazy. I'm going, When I finally got in the party, I said, who am I? <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Lord, thank you. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you because you pulled me out. Thank you because you turned me around. Thank you because you planted my feet on solid ground praise his name when you understand that this faith is a faith of much assurance uh, God's enablement much affliction God's enlightenment God much abroad God's extensions many attacks God's in, 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 in endurements multiple afflictions God's enrichments if I just accept adapt and adjust I got the victory all I gotta do is accept who I am. And most of us can't even do that. If I can just make adaptability to where I am, make adjustments in myself, in myself, in myself to my expectations, I'm gonna walk victorious in Christ. Can I get a witness? Because you gotta know that you know that you know that without him, you can do nothing. You got to know that he's able. You got to know that he's powerful. You got to know that he's, amen. You are privileged to be saved and alive this morning. You got to know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You got to know that he that has begun a good work in you will keep on doing it to the day of Jesus Christ. You got to know that all things, all things, all things, are working together for the good. Say yeah, say yeah, say yeah. He's worthy. Any worthy? He's worthy to be praised. And before you get to Easter morning, you got to have a good Friday. Can I get a witness? You got to suffer before you see a splendor. Can I get a witness? Because they led him to Calvary. Didn't they lead him to Calvary? They hung him high and stretched him out. They nailed his hands and his ankles. He bled and he died. Didn't he die? But early, I'm coming in early, early. Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Say yeah, say yeah, yeah. Stand on your feet. As every head is bowed, eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you need to be saved, Jesus wants to save you. We had one come this morning on a Christian experience. If you want to come, 
Jesus died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. And by faith in his finished work, you can be saved. Raise your hand if you want to be saved. If you want to give your life to Christ, just raise your hand. Is there one? Don't be ashamed of him. He won't be ashamed of you. Raise your hand. Or perhaps you want to join the church for your Christian experience. Raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Father, if your hand is raised, please come up. Come on, come on, brother. Come on, come on, sister. Come on. Church, say amen. Church, say amen. Come on up. See, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Didn't he say that? And the Lord good? Right here, baby. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Praise Jesus. Thank you, darling. Thank you for coming up. Come on. Thank you. Praise Jesus. See, see, folk, just keep coming. Don't, don't concentrate on what's going. Concentrate on what's coming. Can I get over? They keep coming. The Lord is good, ain't he? And the Lord, is there another? Is there another? Is there another? Praise his name. Thank you, darling. Oh, it's all right. Can you lead, lead her to Christ? Thank you, baby. Lead, lead her to Christ. Church, say amen. You may be seated. Now we're going to move into the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Shh, shh, don't reach. Don't reach. Don't reach. Uh-uh, sit down, baby, sit down. In the, in, the, in the day that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, broke it, said, take it, this is my body. And then he passed wine and said, drink, this is the cup of the New Testament. As often as you do this, you show remembrance of me till I come. This is a memorial. We are here to reenact the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As often as you do this, you're showing proper protocol for who I am. So what we're going to do, this is all symbolic. The wafer is symbolic of his body and the grape juice symbolic of his blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Do not partake if you're not unsaved.